we were in a bit of a spin, I think you could say. We we're in a spin taking everything that came in. Um, we, we, we've had the time now to really get a firmer sense of our identity, where we want to go and what we're on this planet to do. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The hospitality sector is known for its innovation. From food trucks to pop-ups, quirky collaborations and more. During the last decade, we've seen a throng of amazing small operators providing fun solutions for celebrations, cocktail parties and large-scale events. But COVID put a stop to all of that. What will happen to the entrepreneurs that chance their arm on bespoke experiences that added colour to the hospitality world. Nicola and Byron Wolfrey are the owners of Trolley. Nicola and Byron, how are you going? Really well, thanks. Thanks for having us. There's lots to talk about here because you guys have had monumental changes to your business, but could you start by telling us what Trolley actually is and how it started? So uh, Trolley, we're a uh, mobile bar and events business. We use upcycled airline trolleys, uh, uh, to go around to people's parties and mix cocktails using uh, ingredients that are locally sourced organic, uh, lots of native Australian ingredients and foraged ingredients. We started by purchasing the fleet of Ansett airline trolleys. So that was about 10 years ago through, through a mate. Um, and then that's the whole repurposing theming, theming came in then. Um, I think a couple of years later, Byron jumped on the sort of organic native train um, and we've gone down that path pretty, uh, pretty heavily now. Um, and additionally, we do experiences. So we have taken the airline carts. We picked up a plane from Alice Springs, the Shorts 330. Uh, we repurposed that as well. <laughs> so we've got a cockpit stage. We have an airline hangar, a fuselage with seating for 36 people. Um, we've done everything from, you know, festival stages, um, just kind of big corporate experiences, uh, through to the, you know, more bespoke mobile bar um, at your home or corporate events. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'll give you that. <laughs> I just want to go back a step. You just sort of nonchalantly said you picked up a plane from Alice Springs. Can, can you tell us more about that and, and where the plane is and what you use it for? Yeah, cool. So we've got a, um, a short 330. So it's a 30-seater uh plane that doesn't quite uh, reach altitude so there's no cabin pressure on it they used to call it the coffin with wings not because people used to dine it just it used to be so slow um so it was sitting at alice springs airport was actually found an ad on gumtree um for free because they've been waiting to get rid of this plane for 15 years uh, it used to do the run out to papua new guinea so we um i actually borrowed my old man's ute took my cousin out a demo saw a nine inch angle grinder and uh, we chopped it up, uh, dropped the first six metres off the cockpit on the back of the ute on a boat trailer. And then the um, other 12 metres is uh, at our mate Alex Olson's uh, farm up there, which we had to get with frantic cranes and uh, frantic cranes and semi-trailers and um, a whole heap of other stuff, which is a good part of expedition. We bought the plane back. It took us, took us four days to get back from Alice. We could only go 80 k's an hour. We did a loop around Uluru, which broke the ute. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, we made it back, take it to parties and make people's dreams come true. How did this, like, why did this start? Why, it's it's such a sort of left-of-field idea and you've had a lot of success with it, but 
what drove you to sort of go down that path? The aviation path with regards to that, like, because we had the airline trolleys and then, you know, a lot of a lot of the theming with our uniforms and everything was was to draw attention to the, um, the, the ergonomics and versatility of the actual airline uh, trolleys because they're, they're so ergonomically engineered just for efficiency. Um, and that was part of bringing it down to that. And then the, the next part of that was, you know, the, obviously the sustainability message that we'd like to convey. But the um, from doing that, our uh, uh, obsession with aviation equipment has kind of come up. Everyone kept calling us, was like, oh, do you want this? Do you want this? And we've got a few pairs of seats, sets of seats. And then next thing you know, we've got seatbelts and we've got everything. And we, yeah, we picked up a plane and we just can't get away from the um, aviation theming right now. I quite, quite love it. I, I, I got addicted to eBay. I got into lots of trouble. Actually, I just bought these these little uh, dolls, these little uh, air hostess dolls. They're great. These little bubble dolls that are on your mascots as well. But yeah, no, I've got to stay away from eBay for such things. Yeah, it's pretty much just an extension of the airline cart um, purchase. And Byron's always on Gumtree, eBay, and you know, spending money on things that we perceive to be ridiculous until they arrive, and we find some way of, you know, adding a little creative flair and selling it into a um, courageous client and having a great old time. <laughs> What's the um, craziest event that you've done? I think I think that the best um, New Year's Day this year, so 2020, um, we put on, it was our second airline stage um, and it was a party in the clouds concept. Uh, we managed to get the events organisers novel um, and let them eat cake to um, give us some big cranking sort of smoke machines so people kind of looked like they were dancing on clouds. Um, we had, you know, the bar was set up with the airline windows. Um, we had the, yeah, the fuselage in all its glory with kind of really thousands of people through it um, on that festival day. So that, to me that's my fave. What about you, Byron? Yeah, it's pretty special down there. That's like it's on the Werribee Park Mansion uh, on the grounds, it's like the Botanic Gardens sort of grounds down there. It's just a, it's a it's a great setup. Working with those guys, it's a great crew. And then you know that's for New Year's Day, and then we have kind of like you know get super have tasty drinks going out for that, and then we get super creative for the um, after party, which uh, goes on at the mansion and stays at the mansion. Well, Byron, you mentioned that uh, there's a sustainability thread through the business. Can you, can you tell us a bit about that and the direction you've taken as the company's evolved? Yeah, like um, like we, we pick a lot of the produce uh, that we use, um, so we're very seasonal in that regards. Um, from that product that we pick, we'll, um, we'll take it back, we'll make syrups out of it, we'll dehydrate that mark after we've made the syrups, put that into... Um, uh, Put that into booze, infuse the booze, and then we dehydrate that again, and then stick that in with salts. So, and then you know, composting anything that doesn't go there, um, getting the seeds out of what we've got, we'll replant that. And each way along the way, just thinking of how to do it with um, minimal impact, with um, maximum output. Um, like we, uh, there's certain things. Like our, our our goal is to, you know, get to net zero. We um, do everything we can. There's always hurdles along the way. Um, but we, we also have it as an opportunity to we, – we get to people's parties and we open that discussion of people having uh, – being able to party sustainably and incorporate that into their, their events whilst having fun. It's a, it's a lot about the storytelling for us. 
So we started with the reduce, reuse, recycle, regenerate ethos, and we're sort of moving towards re-empowerment as well. Um, with these, we're putting on these lunches, uh, wild feasts for a new age, um, but also in the educational component of what we do. Um, the, the sort of um, COVID has has forced us to pivot, so we we've launched new product. Um, we have um, launched a trolleyed at home cocktail kit, um, and it's all about re-empowerment. I mean, we give we give our our trolleyed at home cocktail kits. Um, they include all of the ingredients that you need to produce three tasty native wild food syrups. Um, we also collaborate a lot with, you know, really he's been a mentor of ours over the years, Diego Bonetto, the weedy one. Um, and the first in our lunches that we've just done, we, we've collaborated with him and his, his wonderful wife, who's also a stylist and, um, and a, a glorious cook. Um, so, yeah, I think that the theme is, is about re-empowerment. It's about um, helping people to regain the knowledge. Um, there's sort of this lineage of knowledge that has been skipped a generation because we are so used to going to supermarkets and purchasing things wrapped in plastic. Um, so that re-empowerment and helping people connect back to nature through whether it's a product, um, through what it's an experience of ours, through the drinks, that is a big part of what we do. Being a mobile bar and events uh, company, the um, COVID would have impacted you quite dramatically. Can you tell us, you know, what it was like during that early times in March when the industry got shut down and what impact it had on you guys? Yeah, I mean, we we went from our busiest weekend on record. Um, so Mardi Gras for us, we had every single one of our trolleys out. Um, we had events, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, it was vibing um, and very exciting. And from there we went to uh, the last festival before lockdown, Pitch Music Festival in the Grampians down in Victoria, um, where we did the artist liaison VIP bar and also put on the main stage festival bar. So we were kind of, you know, coming along in leaps and bounds in terms of our business, our creativity, um, and we came back from that festival in March and... Pretty much within, it was one to three weeks, but mostly the brunt of it, within a week we had all of our gigs. We had festivals lined up. Um, we were going to be going up the coast to do other uh, builds, stage builds. So we had everything cancelled. Um, we were in a big warehouse as well in Newtown, which we, um, which was Flight Club, which we kept, we kept the plane there and all sorts of things. So we had to make some really dramatic decisions about how we, um, we structured the business and we did, we tried to negotiate with our landlord at that time. It was, there were huge overheads because it was a really big, um, really big place. Um, but we thought we are a mobile bar and events company. We already had, you know, uh, relative uh, amounts of equipment in storage. So it sort of forced us to rethink um, whether we needed that huge space or not. Um, and to, we were really fortunate to be part of a group uh, through City of Sydney. It's a program. It's called the Retail, Initi Retail and Hospitality Initiative Program and we were part of um, one of 20 businesses. They do it twice a year. So we travelled through this kind of really uncertain time um, with quite a lot of support um, in, the, in, in business support and also just um, the, you know, we had a WhatsApp group. We were able to sort of text each other. So we faced this um, unprecedented, you know, unknown kind of um, situation with 
a lot of people with small businesses in a very similar situation and there were some amazing stories um, of, you know, incredible pivoting and also some of these, you know, entrepreneurs just coming up with new ideas that really um, kind of uh, was the flavour of the, of the time, like um, cookies and bagels and pop-ups. So part of this program we are plugged into um, weekly sessions. Um, so there's sessions on, you know, whether it's marketing or whether it's the financial side of your business um, and or just kind of innovation um, guidance. We were plugged into these tutorials and groups and so everything needed to go on, it went online. Uh, th- we had all of our sessions on Zoom and we had incredible support as well. So it's, it's broken up into four modules. Um, and through that, we, um, we've actually had this concept on the boil for a, while, a few years now with just our cocktail kit. But we were able to sort of um, tailor that kit and get a lot of kind of really quick feedback, um, bring it to market as well. We did a little soft launch and we developed the online experience aspect of these um, of the kit as well. So not only do you get the kit, but you get to come online and um, have a, a aviation themed session with um, our trolley trolley dollies and crew. So um, we do that every one to two weeks, and um, as as well as that, we just got um, we got access to some incredible uh, some incredible guidance in terms of. Um, I suppose, pitching our business to finance it, financiers and, um, yeah, just taking it to the next level. We also um, we were very fortunate to apply for a City of Sydney grant and um, we had success with that. So we've been pouring all of that into working with, you know, local creatives to help us build our new website, um, create the packaging. That It's all of the packaging in our kit because of the sustainability messaging needs to be compostable, um, it needs to be sustainable. So we've been um, focusing a lot of energy on that. And, um, yeah, I think it was just having that support, not only the moral support but just the really um, the experience and the wisdom uh, to enable us to, to travel through the initial COVID times with, um, you know, the, the support we needed really. I, w- I won't say relative ease, but um, you know, it, it helped a lot. Well, let's have a look at that sort of re- when you said relative ease. What has it been like personally for you both, having created this unique company and having to to move everything in another direction at the drop of a hat? How how have you coped with that? Um, like, like we were going at uh, you know about well over our maximum capacity right up to the lead up of when it happened. So from from doing that and just stopping um, as like it's I, I think it's made us a lot stronger um, in the in the business and it's like it's given us the opportunity to to refine and to rejuvenate. Like I, I initially I just dropped out. I was I was broken around that period. I uh, you know, it's been from being so busy to so dead. I, I spent the majority of my time in the garden, which has kind of helped me to get around growing a lot of the ingredients that we're we're using now. Just getting in touch back with the earth and getting in with the kids and 
and growing everything that type of out has um has helped me get inspiration for for drinks and uh uh you know to to have fun again like uh, there's a certain amount of when you when you get too big you you're working a lot harder and uh, things are just going they're spiraling out of control and you and you're not really stopping to to acknowledge and to to take breaths and uh to look at the um the possibilities so we've um now we've uh for me personally, it's a it's been a good opportunity to to grow and uh, to 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 just search for a bit of that depth and find out what the what the company uh, means to me and what what opportunity it has to be able to pass on the knowledge. Um, uh, similarly, I I think we were just in such a spin. We were so busy and we were growing so fast, um, and then just to go from our busiest weekend on records to nothing. Um, at first, it was. I snapped straight into kind of action mode, really, making some big serious decisions. But um, I spent, I actually quite enjoyed, I was, you know, I have expressed a lot of gratitude that I was in a position to be able to enjoy the downtime. And for the first six weeks, just took a lot of time to process and yoga and, you know, get hydrated and do all the things healthy people should do. And to grieve. I think it's a thing as well, isn't it? Yes, grief, yes. My grieving came later. Um, Byron's came straight away. Mine came a bit later. Um, but it's given us this opportunity to put systems and processes in place. And gosh, you know, the, the, the future is uncertain, but in many ways it does feel like a blessing um, to be able to, you know, we were in a bit of a spin, I think you could say. We were in a spin taking everything that came in. Um, we, we, we've had the time now to really get a firmer sense of our identity, where we want to go and what we're on this planet to do, you know. You were fortunate to put a bit of energy into an event that you uh, launched last weekend, which was Wild Feasts for a New Age. Can you tell us about that event and, and the deeper discussion that you want to have through this? Yeah, yeah. So um, the okay, like from from everything uh, from acknowledging the ingredients in the world around you is like that's a big part of of our product. Uh, like for for example, some of the drinks I know that there was a celebration of dandelion. So dandelion uh, for me is one of the most amazing plants that grows around. You can you can have the flowers, you can turn into wine, you can have the leaves, which are really healthy and nutritious. You got the roots, which are you know they're great diuretics. Uh, you know, I, I, the first cocktail was based around the dandelion. You know, there's a dandelion root tea foams, and it was kind of like it was kind of like having that springtime trap because this is a plant that has it's it's in the top ten plants in the world of like nutritional value. And every time it comes around to spring, there's a shot, there's an ad on TV from Roundup where they just spray it and kill it, like straight off the bat. And it's like that, that is opening a conversation. That is um, what we need to think more about. It's, it's, it's stuff that got looked about, you know, that are, are like, because foraging is a, is a massive part of what we do. And that's, that's all of our drinks. We, we provide that journey and experience for people. Um, and a lot of that is is the discussion about the histories of the food, um, where it's come from, and 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 that you know in the fifties and the you know twenties to fifties that kind of dropped out a lot that whole foraging aspect because it was considered what what people yo you got no money you're out there foraging for yourself you should be going down to the supermarkets and uh, that that whole mentality it's like 
it's only a generation or two that it's uh, that it's been washed down. It's just a, we're just it's it's in our DNA. Um, this the going out there and knowing about the foods that are around us and people we're just rekindling that experience for people out of having events like that. It's uh, the the opportunity for them to people to and the same with our cocktail packs it's not about us teaching people how to make a margarita or whatever it's like here's some ingredients that we've got that we've sent to you you can substitute this for that and you can grab it don't go to your pantry go out to your backyard and pick some ingredients and then we'll talk about it and we'll make a cocktail with it and it's and it's that it's we we don't have the answers or i don't see that we have the answers but we've, we've got a great group of people that are around us that uh share their knowledge and, uh, you know, they're up for talking about it and we're part of that conversation. And uh, we, that we use these uh, dinners to bring everybody else into that conversation and tell us their stories of uh, what they used to pick when they were a kid and uh, why, you know, going out and getting the blackberries and uh, finding the snakes. And these are the stories that people start telling you about when they sip on the cocktails, they eat the food and they go out and they walk around in that environment. Absolutely. And we started our feast. Um, so we started with a smoking ceremony. Everyone sort of gathered. We were going to have the lunch out on the terrace. Um, the weather was was not amazing. The sort of mist set in. We started with a smoking ceremony from um, Auntie Trish from the Gundungara. Um, she brought some medicines as well for us to try. And from there, Diego Bonetti, Benito, the weedy one, he took everyone for a forage. Um, and I think a lot of the people who attended, there were some who knew Diego and had come through, you know, his circles, but there were other people who had never, you know, didn't really um, understand what foraging was. And there were minds that were opened, um, which was really kind of humbling to be part of. Um, and from there, we went up and we started our eight-course degustation, which was um, it was drinks paired by Byron. Um, and Marnie Fox was the chef, and she's also a stylist, so she did all the, the beautiful um, table places. And, um, look, everything was, was delightful, and I, I'm proud to say that I'm, I've never ceased to be amazed by the um, – Byron has this innate ability to not prepare overly, seemingly – and um, just impress. I was so impressed with the drinks that came out and we will have lots of photos and lots of, you know, follow-ups with what was in them. Um, but it was, it was amazing and we're talking to um, just kind of trailblazers, established chefs, um, even emerging talent, people who are um, the, the, so the theme of the event is it's an interpretation of, you know, what is um, wild and foraged and, you know, taking the sort of theme of the event and and spinning it and making it their own. So um, we've got we've got plenty more of these lunches lined up um, with some really amazing talent. Uh, so stay tuned for you know for what's on the radar. It's been some time since you held an event until that. So what was it like running an event again? It was um, we we limited the numbers, um, so we had quite an intimate connection with all of the guests and the lead up. Um, we had conversations um, about social distancing um, and we had the, you know, the check-in and all of the usual sort of stuff that goes on. Um, so it was certainly not as fluid as it, as it was previously, but I think that the, the theme of the event um, and the intimacy just sort of added to, added to the flavour. So it was, it, we're still buzzing. 1.5 metre intimacy. <laughs> yeah, we're still buzzing. You know, it was on Sunday. Uh, it's a few days later, 
And um, I think all of us, Diego, Marnie, myself and Byron, uh, just had a wonderful, wonderful experience. How are you feeling about the events industry and the model that you had built and what's happened in this time? Will Trolley be a different sort of offering beyond COVID? A big part of our business, the business development, was events and staging and that's it, that's in our hearts big time is just sort of like this um it's almost like a primal um need to you know dance and experience that coming together the community um letting off steam so um you know we obviously we're all in this together you know we need to sort of find our way through it through the muddy waters um heart has gone out to one of our biggest clients is based in victoria um, and yeah, we work with, we work with a lot of, um, festivals. So yeah, it's uncertain times. Um, I'm hoping, you know, that, um, we will, I don't know what I'm hoping for, but I don't think next year looks, um, like there's going to be much change, but maybe the year after we will be, um, you know, out dancing again. What do you think, Byron? Yeah. But, and I, you know, it, it is drawn back to, keeping it local and uh you know the the minimal impact thing i think it's going to like out of coming out the other side of it with enough time that has been there to reflect i think the the industry people are going to appreciate the product a lot more i think noticing at the moment we do lots of events for um 15 to 20 people and for for that group of people there's the, the conversation everybody in that group has a conversation with themselves when you're doing events for 100 people or 150 people there's there's a lot less of that uh that interconnection that goes on and that intimacy of people with the conversation so everybody who like from the events that we've been doing are walking out and they're, they're just everybody you get to have that experience with and it's they're, they're really appreciative of like everything that the the product the story and the you know the joy of being able to to socialize with their close-knit group of friends and uh you know having having those conversations so i think that that energy i think will uh you know everybody in the world was going 100 miles an hour no one no one stopped like before that or maybe there's a few zen people that were out there but you know we weren't appreciating i'm speaking for the human race as a whole right now because obviously you know i've, I've got the criteria to be able to make that judgment but like you know everybody was going <laughs> everybody was going through and like they weren't stopping they weren't stopping and smelling the roses as such and um, since then people have smelt the roses and that beauty that's in life is uh what we you know what we we are trying to convey in our product right now and um you know the environment that's around it and that and that if people want to hear that story again um and i think that's that's where like as we grow just to have that incorporated a lot more into the events and and that sustainability thing and that minimal impact and that giving back and um, not not being as selfish um is a uh, is is you know all part of the story that we're hoping comes out of uh, 2021 yeah and moving on. Well, Byron, being the cocktail whiz that you are, this question might be for you. Uh, what would be the ultimate COVID cocktail? The ultimate COVID cocktail. Um, it's, I, I would like to say something using 
ingredients in your backyard, something that you want to do, something that you haven't made before. Um, you know, cocktails are pretty simple. Like at the end of the day, you can play it up. If you've got a bit of sour there, you got a bit of sweetness and you got a bit of bitterness from the booze, you, the possibilities are endless. So just using stuff that you've got. Most people who haven't drunk their bars dry during isolation have got something in there that they haven't used. It's like, cool, learn about that. Like working into the, to the herbs and stuff that are around, the things that you don't normally have, like the, the vermouths, playing with stuff like that, and then using stuff in your garden, taking a photo of it, take a photo of it and send it to us, like, you know, via our Instagram channels, and we'll tell you what it is and we'll give you a suggestion of how to use it into a cocktail and then give that a go and then try something else, like using using stuff that's grown locally and having that connection to the earth, I think is the ultimate type of type of way of introducing that into a cocktail and having the experience moving forward. Does that make sense? Is that, is that a bit of a cop-out, not giving you a name of a cocktail out of that? <laughs> no, I think you handled it really well. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Good. I, I think we could probably supply a list of eight cocktails from the event on Sunday, which would hit the mark. Yeah, yeah, sweet. That'll, that'll work. But, uh, yeah, nothing specific. Just do something new. Use something that's out there. Like, there is stuff. Like, people, it's it's simple to do. It's simple to make cocktails. Um, you know, get one of our kits and we'll give you all the lessons that you need. Teach you how to fish and then you can go make cocktails by yourself. Just make sure you get us for the big parties type of party. And mocktails as well. Don't forget the non-drinkers. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of non-drinkers out there, and um, equally, you can have a tasty AF mocktail. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds amazing. Well, Nicola and Byron, let's hope we see uh, trolleyed events or the large events flying high again soon. We've loved having you deep on Deep in the Weeds today. Uh, keep in touch, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much, Huck. Nice one. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs> Hello. Hi, sorry, this just sounded like there was a lawnmower or something. It sounds like an, you're uh, like in a hangar and there's a, someone's fired up the plane. <laughs> this, could, this could be an Easter egg at the end of the episode or something. <laughs>